Okay. Hi, I'm Eric Mirabel. I'm a trademark and intellectual property attorney here in Houston, Texas, and you're watching Folks Alert on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for having me. Welcome to the Folks Alert Show. My name is Kiko. My guest today is Eric Maribel, trademark and patent attorney out of Houston, Texas. How are you doing, Eric? Great, Kiko. How are you? Um, thank you for having me and thank you for joining anybody that's listening. Man, listen, um, I can't complain. I'm doing, I'm doing well. Well, you know, since the last time you've been here, great things has happened for both of us, right? <laughs> That's true. Yes. <laughs> you know, the last time you were here, I was in the middle of a, a civil suit here in Florida. Um, for me, things, you know, I've I've got a summary judgment. As you know, we talked. Um, but now I'm at the Fifth District Court of Appeals. So I'm, I'm dealing with that. So I'm not completely done with my case. But for you, when you were here. You were dealing with the the civil lawsuit that you were brought against a few strip clubs in Houston, and that's been going along. And as you told me last time we spoke, you are the case is moving forward. You've prevailed on you know I guess the other party attempted to to dismiss the case, and you've won. Well, we're moving ahead at least past motions to dismiss, which is always the main objective when you're plaintiff is just to stay alive and keep going and potentially we'll be fighting battles on other fronts as we move forward without giving too much away. So we're looking forward to a, a trial set for summer. Yeah. But that's all. But when you deal with civil cases, that's probably one of the first thing people move for is a, you know, a motion to dismiss. You're going to, yes, yeah, you're going yeah, to face some challenges. It took us over a year to get through that. We went through multiple rounds of amending the complaint. We had a hearing. We tried to get a preliminary injunction along with overcoming the motion to dismiss. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, we overcame the motion to dismiss with respect to most of the clubs that we sued. One was lost, and we're going ahead against others. They're all owned by the same owners here in Houston that also have clubs in Vegas. So we feel we're in a good position. And as I said, our first trial set for the summer, and we're looking forward to it. So, Well, wonderful. Well, listen, we're going to... We're going to come back. We're going to talk about it. You know, listen, we, we talk all the time, you know, off record and, you know, and about things that's happening in pop culture. And uh, in one of our last conversation, I wanted to talk to you about this whole, I mean, you understand trademark and copyright law, copyright laws better than most people that I know. There is recently... Mm -hmm a case involving Drake and I guess a guy that's doing parody. But before we even get to that case, the parody thing in music hasn't been something new, right? It's always been there. Famous guy, Al, Weird Al uh, Yankovic, I believe he pronounces that. Yankovic, yeah. Weird, right. Weird Al Yankovic, correct. He, he, he made a career and got multiple Grammys for being a parody artist. Correct. 
he did ask permission was always his thing. He said he always asked permission, even from Coolio, who later sort of wished he would have revoked it, I guess, from what he was saying at the end of his days, but RIP. Uh, but yeah, Weird Al always asked for permission. So that really wasn't a legal issue ever with him. But I think he would have won anyway, based on what we're going to talk about in the, the current state of the law and parody. So, okay. So, but you don't, uh, what, when we talk in parody, you don't, nec you don't necessarily need to ask permission, right? No, of course not. It's a defense to copyright infringement and it's a defense to trademark infringement as well. So. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So legally, you don't need permission. But here we are in the era of social media where, you know, we didn't have the technology that we had 10 years, 20 years ago. So the last time we were here, we talked about this and you say technology, social media, the Internet is kind of like made things a little bit tricky when it comes to the law. And now we're seeing this with this whole Drake. Um, we have another guy that the, 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 the little Dirk, you know, we have all these artists that's well-known artists, but they have people who look like them and doing parody on them. Where do you think the legal implication comes in? Do they have some safeguard? Yeah, I think if you're really doing a parody, you have a lot of safeguards. If you're redoing a Drake song and then you're claiming it's a parody when it really isn't, that could be the problem. <laughs> but because uh, <laughs> in the leading case in the subject, the Supreme Court has only done had two cases on parody. Uh -huh. One was of you know Luther Campbell more in the 1990s, and they actually did find there was a parody. So we can we'll talk about that a little more maybe at another point. But let's lead off with something else first if you're going somewhere else first yeah. right I'll, well let me play you let me play you the 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 song in question right uh the parody song this guy's been well he did a couple things and here's the thing that i'm it's kind of tricky for me and maybe you can help me out he looks right. like drake right he yeah, makes ref right he, he makes reference to drake in some cases he calls himself sexy drake uh, he does interviews. Yeah. Well, Izzy Drake, but he's Izzy famous, but he does, he did several interviews where he calls himself sexy Drake now. Okay. Um, and he does interviews where he referenced Drake and, you know, people are booking him and he, you know, he performs Drake song and so on and so forth. I, I, I mean, it's, it's tricky for me and I'm happy that you're here, but you know, it, it I think it's a, a real slippery slope yeah i think performing drake songs could be a problem without his permission if you're straight up performing them of course if you're doing them off a karaoke track that drake licensed then mm -hmm. you're okay right so okay but so you can you that. you can do it on, on a karaoke track but let me play this let me play this music video a clip of it of um the parody that he calls a parody we'll come back we'll talk about it sure it's the fake Drake and the fake Dirk attack of the clones now, baby. This ain't no gang shit, but you know block meets OVO now, baby. We got the Phantom, we got the Ross Royce, it's like a ghost town, baby. Now I'm taking Drake all the way back to my hometown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Where are these replicas at when they say they copying this and that? Tired of splitting niggas that this ain't no fucking parody rap. From the six zone to the six side, I know they watching all over the map. Taking the PJ over Air Canada, over your gear in my bag. Been popping off in the club, especially with just a little boy just tag me. Hey, I just got covered back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Come on, Eric. I mean, the beat's very similar, right? Yeah. But at the same time, he calls himself fake Drake. You, he makes reference to this is not Drake. That's his whole song is like, I'm not Drake sort of. So I think it would be hard to, to say that was uh, not a parody because you clearly can tell it's not Drake and that this is somebody pretending parodying Drake I and mean, looking like him and, and then saying I'm specifically not Drake in his lyrics sort of stuff. Right. Okay. Question. Let me let me put up the the letter the cease and desist le- the cease and desist letter that Drake sent mm-hmm. to him right. This was sent to the record company in Canada, right? Let me move it. Let me move it over here. Thank uh, you. We're in the United States. I, I'm not familiar. I mean, you're Canadian. The laws in Canada is quite different, right? Do you think it's strategic by them sending him the letter in Canada, giving him notice versus in the United States? No, I think they gave him notice in Canada because he is in Canada and you really have to, you always have to sue somebody where they reside. And otherwise you don't have jurisdiction. The court won't have jurisdiction. So they had to sue him in Canada. And my comments that I'm making are really under United States law, because even though I'm from Canada, I'm not a licensed lawyer in Canada. And there are some differences in copyright. Although systems like copyright and trademark and patent are almost worldwide by treaty, so it's very similar. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm sure there's a parody law in Canada that's similar, if you know, if not nearly the same. But I would account for. But I'm really giving somebody advice as if they were living in the United States and this wasn't coming in Canada. So looking at it from that standpoint, and I didn't, I didn't look at the if they have trademarks in Canada or not. I assume they do. I mean, Ovo Sound, they have trademarks in the United States, and I assume they do in Canada. Drake has trademarks in the United States. I assume he does in Canada as well. So with that in mind, I think it's sort of applicable, but the United States makes a better discussion because we have Supreme Court cases to rely on and so on. That They've already decided parody in a strict way. So we can, we can right. discuss that and pretend like he's in the United States. But even not if, give legal advice. <laughs> yeah, but even if even if he was, and when I looked at the letter and I looked at the address, I was like, okay, well, it's Canada, but when someone obtains a trademark in the United States, that carries worldwide. Other countries recognize it. I don't know coming into the United States if that's the same courtesy. Yeah, and you you actually have to register your trademark worldwide if you want to have protection in different countries. You can do a worldwide trademark fairly easily, though, fortunately, under a treaty, the Madrid Protocol, and you can do it through the United States Patent Office. So you can apply in the United States and Canada, but you do have to pay more, obviously, going around the world. Okay, so you so what you're saying, I can I can obtain a a, a trademark in the United States that Mm -hmm. covers the whole world. And then you sort of register it country by country. And each country then examines it pretty routinely and grants it in their country as well, because unless there's some specific reason not to, but so you do it 
under a treaty where it's a little bit easier than applying country by country in fact they recognize where you can just apply to the united states patent trademark office and get trademarks all over the world through that but you do have to pay every time if you want one in canada and china and japan and europe and so on and so on gotcha. in addition to the united states this letter for a moment when you file a pre-suit letter, this is actually giving a person notice. This this serves as a legal document, right? No, it's really it's really more just to scare somebody off and make them say, "Okay, I'll give up," or you know, or you'll contact their lawyer will contact them and say, "I'll give up if you pay me a couple thousand dollars." Perhaps might be an approach, you know, and I'll stop using this name. But I want to have a name that I can use. Is what I'd advise them figure out something that they are going to let you use that's like Drake or they specifically are objecting to Ovo Sound. They have trademarks on that and Drake, but he calls himself fake Drake and sexy Drake and is he Drake and is he famous? And so it'd be interesting. I would, if I got this letter, I'd respond and ask, well, what name can we use? Because surely nobody's going to confuse is he Drake and on a monopia for Drake, you know, with Drake himself or fake Drake or sexy Drake. He doesn't really, he looks like Drake. He's similar to Drake, but he, right. you can tell he's not Drake. I mean, clearly when you see pictures of him, he's got a haircut and beard cut like Drake. So, But my question to you now is that obviously he's using a different name. He, I think Drake, maybe Drake people are trying to maybe say that Okay, he's infringing on the trademark by having the word Drake in the name. That's what they're saying, exactly. That's exactly what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Okay. But if you look at the US PTO trademark registry, you'll see Drake on all kinds of goods. And the one, the biggest question, the first, one of the first questions is how he is using this mark, Drake. He seems to be just using it on songs and videos as far as I can tell, and promotion on his Instagram. And uh, they have it for particular goods, like production, TV production would cover what he's doing, I suppose, in video production. So the similarity probably is there with respect to that gotcha. on the goods and services that they're doing. Yeah. Well, let me let me pick your let me pick your brain for a moment on parody law. Uh, I was under the assumption when I when I saw this letter and we started talking i was thinking where al where al yankovic uh but i was confused he did have a case but his case was with sony music in in terms of obtaining money for stream download the actually controlling case let me put that up on the screen is actually luda campbell which you mentioned in the beginning uh mm -hmm. dealing with this parody thing i just put that up on the screen this is the controlling case um, where it says, uh, I guess, Luda Campbell, Two Life Crew here in Florida requested to do a parody song. Uh, Oscar Rose Music refused. They went ahead and still did the parody song. And I think, what, uh, three million records sold later. They filed a lawsuit and it was granted on a summary judgment and was dismissed in favor of Two Life Crew that as a parody correct as a parody so and interestingly let me just read this to you what the judge said when she dismissed it judge nelson 
the Two Live True Song was clearly intended to ridicule the White Bread original and remind us that sexual congress with nameless streetwalkers is not necessarily the stuff of romance and is not necessarily without its consequences. <laughs> so, because the song, I don't, I don't, I never knew this song. I mean, it wasn't really a crossover hit as far as I know. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't song, remember the song either. Yeah, it was in the 90s. But anyway, his song, I'll, I'll give you a couple of big hairy woman, all that hairy legit because you look like cousin it big hairy woman, bald headed girl. You don't know your hair won't grow bald headed woman. You got tweeny weeny afro bald headed woman. You know, your hair could look nice bald headed woman. You got to roll it with rice bald headed woman here. Let me get this hunk of biz for you. You know what I'm saying? You look better than rice aroni. It doesn't even rhyme. Okay. <laughs> a bald headed woman, big hairy woman. And then it comes two time and woman take take a load off my mind. Two time and woman, now I know the baby ain't mine. So the court said ultimately that was enough to be a parody. You know, and that's what they're talking about, street walkers and so on in this in this part of the case. The mm. the court below, the the first judge who heard it at trial said that's what was different because Roy Orbison's original song is all about a pretty woman he wants to meet. She's walking on the street and he right. thinks he's nice, so on and so on. So here he's talking about street walkers and big hairy women. And so, uh, but then the Sixth Circuit came along, who nobody pays attention to. They're not a leading circuit. <laughs> <laughs> they said, well, like the uh, unless, or the unless, unless you're coming out of the, the ninth or uh, maybe the. Yeah. the, the the, the, the second and the seventh are the big ones. The ninth is considered kind of radical, <laughs> but still, you know, people follow it. But right. the sixth is like, who? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, sorry to hear you work in the Sixth Circuit. So but then the Sixth Circuit said they just wanted to focus on who made money, basically. And they said, these people made a lot of money. We should have just focused on that and not let them have the money, reversed it. So then the Supreme Court came along and the Supreme Court said, no, agreed that it was a parody fairly strongly, very strongly and made some very interesting comments. Let's see. Let me get to that. Uh, he says, Judge Souter, Justice Souter is now gone recently. He says, while we may not assign a high rank to the parodic element here, he didn't like the rhyme either. We think it fair to say that two live crew song reasonably could be perceived as commenting on the original or criticizing it to some degree. They just suppose the romantic musings of a man whose fantasy comes true with degrading taunts, a body demand for sex and a sigh of relief from paternal responsibility. So he said there was enough to have a, a legitimate parody, which was really the test that he was looking for under fair use, it's called. You know, under fair, the, the defense's parody is part of the fair use of a copyright where you can use it for educational purposes. Right. And things like that. Charitable purposes, educational purposes generally, and including parody. So he said, the Supreme Court said, don't focus on the commercial nature. That's only one part of it. You've got to, if it's a parody, that should be good enough. And this was a parody, although, as he said, it wasn't uh, inspiring artwork based on the lyrics alone, I guess, is, is what they're saying. And I think I'd have to agree with them. But <laughs> but also, I mean, strong words from the Supreme Court, they, they also went on to say that even though it is a parody, you can still make money off of it and you don't have to, yeah. you don't have to give that money to the person 
no, created no. the original song. Uh, Good point. Hmm. And on the internet, we see a lot of stuff which we can consider parody. Okay. Now, you practice trademark, intellectual property, copyright. You, you get a letter of someone talking. I mean, you represent someone that's doing a parody. Uh, having an understanding of the law and getting that letter in this age of the internet, what would be your approach? Well, unless somebody's really made a lot of money, I mean, like, unless you're representing Luther Campbell, who sold three million copies or had millions and millions of downloads, mm -hmm. it's very difficult to go ahead with a case. It's expensive. I mean, the best way to defend any kind of case in trademark law is to get a survey done. And so if the person can't afford, let's say, at least $10,000 for a survey where you show different people different versions and get them to opine on this parody that you wouldn't be confused by the two marks. In this case, it's really a question of likelihood of confusion, it's called. So you show them Drake and uh, Sexy Drake's Instagram account and say, would you be confused? Would you think this was Drake when you saw all this material? And you get people to, of course, hopefully say no as much as possible. I wouldn't think that was Drake, but maybe they don't know who Drake is. So, right. so that would be a problem. So what, and then so, you try to... So you're you telling pile, me, but it, yeah. So if so you're not willing to spend that, you probably don't have enough to win because Drake is willing to spend that to do his own survey that may well show that people would confuse you with Drake. Oh, yeah. so that's what you're up against. I mean, really, is a battle of experts most of the time and all kinds of factors and all kinds of argument. And the case, really, in terms of jury trials and trademark cases, they can always go. They're always a 50-50 bet. It's just a flip of a coin because it's all fact-based. Every case, you know, one day the case can come out one way and then literally the next day it can come out some other way in some other court or tribunal. So, but you've got to really be willing to, to spend the money to do it, unfortunately. So most people can't who are on the internet and they probably are just end up getting forced to change their marks and not do it. That's a, I mean, I didn't know you had to do a survey, but you, you make a very valid point. The survey will determine how many people know that this or may be confused by the mark. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think you have to do a survey. Don't get me wrong. But I think if you want to win as a practical matter, you have to do a survey. That's what I'm saying. Because right. when you get in front of the jury, if they've done a survey and you have no matching survey or you have no survey of your own that proves that you're completely innocent, right. you're probably going to lose. And then they're talking, they're going to talk about all the things why this guy looks like Drake and sounds like Drake and sings like Drake and has a beat like Drake, as you noted. And right. you'll be saying, well, no, I don't. No, I don't. But no evidence, really. So I think without a survey, you wouldn't feel comfortable that you were going to win. I mean, you might win, obviously. Yeah, he might want to just, I don't know. He, he, I guess he would have to look at his options and how he wants to proceed forward. You're here. Let me talk to you about copyright. Uh, because we talked about it a little bit in our last conversation. Someone creates an image on social media, right? I, I, I take a picture at the mall. I post it on social media. People like it. It goes viral. Uh, but I don't have my name on it. What legal standing do I have? Because the last time we talked, you said, well, make sure you put your a name on it 
So and that serves as a copyright. I, I think if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's along the lines of what you said. I said put the owner's name on it, put copyright date that you created the work, 2022, you know, your name, copyright 2022 or the C symbol, you know, with C with a circle in it on your computer and your word program, the date you created it when you publish it first. Then everybody's on notice that you have a copyright. Before you sue somebody though, we have to take your copyright and register it with the copyright office. And that might take, it's really a not expensive process at all. A couple hundred dollars is the fees is all for multiple copyrights. You can file a whole bunch of photos and pictures all at the same time and get copyrights on all of them all at the same time, the same registration. And uh, anyway, so, but you've got to do that before you file a lawsuit actually have your copyright granted by the copyright office and then take that to court and sue. Okay, so you can have the you could create the work and put your your copy your the verbiage on the picture or whatever you did prior 2 years, 3 years prior to going to the copyright office and getting a trade granting a copyright, correct? Yes, although okay. there's advantages to big advantages to doing that as early as possible if you really think it's a valuable picture. Okay. You want to go to the office to start your damages running and to have the ability to get statutory damages. That could be up to $35,000 for each, each reprint of the photo. Okay. And the reason why I'm asking you this because, I mean, you see it. You're on social media. Things go viral, like with a click. We don't know what's going to go viral, right? And some people don't know the value of what they created by accident. So mm -hmm. it, there's no telling, you know, I mean, I'm taking a picture, I'm posting it on social media. I'm not thinking of putting the, the copyright logo on the picture because there's a picture of me and my kid, but that picture mm -hmm. goes viral. And if it doesn't have that, that verbiage, the copyright 2000, my name, what legal stand, do I still have a legal standing on the common copyright law? Well, you can run to the copyright office, get a copyright, and then come back against people that are still using it and move from there. Oh, okay. So All right. You can do that. Yeah. So you still have some recourse. And then going forward, anybody who's using it is going to be, yeah, stop from doing it, sure. Okay. But to protect yourself from the outset, give everybody notice and so on, and put the notice on it if you can. Okay. The cases that I was involved in, there was a guy called Richard Leibowitz, mm -hmm. who was a photographer himself, and then he became a lawyer. And he went around and brought a lot of copyright cases against people that were posting uh, photographers' pictures that they posted on their websites, and then somebody would take them and repost them. And he brought cases all around the country on that. Uh, he's been lost to the bar for a while. He was suspended from practice for some stuff. So. Because of that? No, it was... He, apparently he said some his grand he said i missed the court date because my grandfather was sick or died and that was the third or fourth time his grandfather had died so <laughs> okay that, that was that's sort of what happened in a nutshell as far was, as what, was that was it easy is it easy that he went forward to just bring in these copyright cases because obviously when someone sees the documents from a lawyer maybe a letter they just want to settle. They don't want the issues, you know, right? Maybe, but if you actually file a lawsuit, then they have to go to their own lawyer and their own lawyer looks at them and tells them what I just told you, like, 
well, we need to spend a whole bunch of money and get at least a, uh, you know, a survey done, perhaps, if it's a trademark right. case, not a copyright case. And it's going to be very complicated. It's going to be very expensive. And, you know, everybody starts to really get the idea that, oh, my God, I really need to do something now that he's filed a lawsuit. But that was his strategy. He had a couple of thousand lawsuits going. I mean, the poor guy, I, I can relate to what happened. I think he, he was just way overstretched. He had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of lawsuits all over the country. And they all have different deadlines. So he missed some here and there. And, you know, unfortunately, got caught doing what he did. So, And the thing yeah. is, it, what people don't understand when you when you're in the middle of a case, you've got hearing dates that that pop up on you, uh, and like you're going to trial now, you have to meet those deadlines. You're pre-trial. You have depositions set up. I don't know how he was keeping track of all those cases. Maybe he could have got someone to fill in for him, stand in for him. Oh, he did. He did try to associate with other people and so on. But I think he just had so many that it just was inevitable that a couple of things are going to drop through the cracks. I mean. God knows I've, I've done it. <laughs> I think everybody has with much lim more limited docket. Yeah. Now Just occasionally you drop things. I want to play, I want to play this clip for you. Give me your thoughts on it. Um, of the, the, I guess, easy Drake or busy, busy Drake, whatever. We, we know what his name is. Let me play yeah. this clip for you. He, is him. Uh, he was in a, a strip club right where you're at right maybe one of the strip clubs in houston there and he was asked to remove himself from the strip club let's play that clip come back and talk oh really now if someone's if if the public's calling you uh, fake Maribel, right? Eric, fake yeah. Eric. Okay. Yeah, right. Uh, you're not responsible for that. No. Right. So I couldn't really hear the audio well why he was being kicked out. Can you summarize it for us? Because I don't think anybody was, else can. He was in. A, he was in a strip club, and yeah, they were saying straight fake Drake can't be here. Security remove him from the club. Oh, that's all. Okay. I did hear that, but I thought there was something else. Okay. Right. They were saying, Drake is my friend and you're fake Drake. You have to, you have to leave. Oh, that's okay. That's what I right. couldn't hear. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. They asked security to, to, to escort him out. But mm -hmm. in regards to that, I'm saying that if someone's saying that, Hey, you're the fake Eric, what do you care? You, I mean, I, you got no control over that. Yeah. I think it's odd. They kick you out of the club because after all they make money when people come and fake Drake's money should be the same as anybody else's I would hope but anyway the, somebody didn't like him but Drake went to some club in Houston within the last year and apparently threw a million dollars in cash do you hear that yeah I've, I've heard I've heard about it yeah so so maybe that's the club where this person went and they didn't want real Drake ever mad at them with bringing that kind of business and that kind of money, you know, to the club, a million dollars. They want him to come back next time he's in Houston. And so fake Drake, get out. I, I can see that as a business decision. Do you, but do you see how absurd this is that, mm -hmm. you know, the real Drake is having issues with the fake Drake? Like you're worth millions. Okay. And as you being a public figure, 
there is a huge burden for you to reach in order to file a lawsuit. Even if you file a lawsuit, you have to prove damages, right? Yeah. And you have to prove that this hurt your brand. I don't think he can meet that burden. There's several other burdens that he has to meet, but I don't think. But it's just like, wouldn't it be easier for him to just ignore this and just, just move on? Yeah, I think it would. But I think realistically what happens is there's a marketing company that takes care of it for him. And they get a budget to go after people. And, you know, if the budget's still oh, left over okay. and you're one of the people that's using it, then you might get selected, right? Gotcha. I got a feeling that's probably what's really happened. Gotcha. Gotcha. I don't think Drake's really involved in this decision. I think, you know, he's just out of it. And he's budgeted X, and his company's budgeted X, rather, his management company, to go in after people that are in any way making money off of his likeness or name or. Well, Eric, listen, man, I, I appreciate you taking the afternoon coming and kicking it with me, but I can't help. I can't let you go without asking you, man. Uh, you, you got the shirt. You got the hat. You look like you're about to go out, do some golfing. I may well do that. I'm going to go hit some balls, I think, as my recreation for Saturday instead of exercising. And, you know, I want to thank you very much for having me on. And I hope that anything I said must be disclaimed, cannot be taken seriously. So it's not legal advice. <laughs> well, of course. Of yeah. But you know what, man? I, I, I mean, I, listen, I, when we talk, it's always a pleasure when we speak, man. And I appreciate you coming on here and, and answering a couple questions, giving a little, a little legal perspective on, you know, what's going on in pop culture. I wanted to ask you also, but I guess we can do it another time with the, the Cardi B case. Um, which I've been meaning to call you. That's the first thing I wanted to talk to you about, the Carly B case out of Atlanta being sued. She sued the, the YouTuber for uh, defamation and won, which was very surprising to me, right? Because mm -hmm. the YouTuber is a media defendant. So I didn't know how the hell she was able to win that case. You know, I didn't look at that one, but she's a public figure. It'd be a very high standard to win defamation. Uh, somebody did a good job. It sounds like on the legal side. But yeah, really yeah. Detail. That's I want to. I really wanted to talk to you because, okay. public figure, of course, the standards is way higher, and she way won. Higher. I think she won a couple yeah. millions. Wow. Yeah. She won a couple millions. Crazy. But hey, man, listen, we'll Excuse save that. Either. We'll save that for another time. Yeah. Eric, Maribel, trademark, patent, intellectual property attorney. Uh, sir, it's always a pleasure. It was a pleasure being here, and thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. So we'll do. We'll do. You you take care, and we will speak shortly. Thanks a lot. Keep All right. Together. Take care.